0: Welcome to the Recruiter Startup Podcast. We're back here on the front lines trying to figure out how we can all get through this in the recruitment world. It's been a horrible, horrible couple of weeks. But who else to bring on but the legendary backdoor Barry Cullen from Interprotect. He's the lawyer that'll get you paid when your client's, Decide not to pay you. And that's what's happening out there. People are people are just not responding to emails. They're saying they're protecting their own war chest. It's 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 a really, really scary time. But remember, there is the law out there, and there's only one sheriff in town, and that's Barry Cullen. So over to Barry, you can find him on LinkedIn. Everybody knows him. Those who don't pay should fear him. And he's a great lad. Hope he's enjoy. Welcome to the Recruiter Startup Podcast.
1: I haven't done one of these in a while. I stopped doing them because everybody was doing so well. Everybody was, you know, making loads of money. It was all, it was just becoming same, same. But here we are. You're on my lap. You're backdoor, Barry. You've got an elephant in the background. <laughs> this,
2: is the, this, is, this, this, this is the empire, mate. <laughs> I, I, I'm, literally, I'm re- literally doing this call from my six-year-old boy's bedroom because it's the, it's, the it's the only room in the house with a desk in it.
1: Mm.
2: And the old woo flu means, you know, we're having to limit the amount of, uh, the amount of trips we make to the office.
1: Jesus. Um, so for anybody that's listening, uh, I'm based in Santa Barbara for the next week because we're stranded here and we've got our flight to get back down to the south of England where we live beside Barry. Um, Barry, just quickly introduce yourself.
2: Uh, Back Barry. Uh, I am the lawyer to the recruitment industry. I focus all my time on getting recruiters paid, uh, whether it's because clients don't want to pay, aren't able to pay, or just haven't realised yet that they're going to.
1: And both of us are sporting fabulous beards right now.
2: Mine's going to eat it grey, though, to be honest with you. I think it's think, all the stress,
1: stress for the last week. <laughs> but in, uh, in, in these times, surely it's a great time to be a lawyer.
2: Yeah, well, you look know, commercially, things are good for us. But at the same time, you know, the, the idea of uh, putting a smile on my face, uh, I'm not sure I can quite go that far. You know, our workload's up. You know, I'd say probably up five times in the last week, uh, inquiries um but it comes a whole bunch of new challenges um you know in relation to how you go about getting money and how you go about getting paid for your work
1: okay so people aren't paying bills right now some of them aren't what's the first thing that you hear from the
2: uh, so we we've we've been keeping a bit of a tally uh, of of debtors that are throwing up the coronavirus excuse Uh, I think we're up to 17 now. Um, Yeah, I think it's around about 17, uh, of which over half were already 100 days plus overdue by the time anybody even knew coronavirus was a thing. Yeah. So it's being used as an excuse uh, by a lot of people. You know, there's a fair few out there, which is fair play. You know, it's a massive issue to the business, a massive issue to cash flow, that some people are just using it to chance their arm.
1: Yeah. And I'm going to hand you over a case today on that front. And it's, you know, with this type of thing, like I could absolutely smash them online. I could just keep hammering and keep hammering, but I would end up spending my whole time stressed and being anxious and thinking about it too much. So like, you know what I do in this circumstance, I just just hand, after two weeks, If they're if they're becoming like difficult, I just hand it straight to you. I'm like, uh, you couldn't pay me the money to go through that bit and that back and forth because I always find I just get so worked up, and you know it's it it really is just it's the most horrible thing. What 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 like what what are you seeing out there in the marketplace right now outside of the coronavirus? You know. Uh, people refusing to pay, uh, like w- what's what's your, what's the general sentiment?
2: I don't think there is a general sentiment. I think there's quite a range of responses that that we're seeing. We're, we're seeing some people panicking uh, and just going for a cash grab. They want everybody to pay everything now. Uh, we've got some clients who are, who are saying, like, "Get us a third of the invoice value, and we'll settle." Yeah, just because they're they're worried about their own businesses. Uh, they're worried about their cost base. They're worried about the revenues that are coming in in the near future. They're worried about their own clients potentially going bust uh, and then ultimately getting paid nothing. Um, there, there, there's a lot out there that are panicking. You know? uh, but then the other side of that, I've had at least, at least three clients phone me up and say, hey, listen, if any of your, we're, we're looking for bolt-ons to our group. You know, if, if any of your good recruiter clients are finding it difficult and they need a bit of cash, Make sure they survive through this next period, we're happy to talk to them about bringing them into the group uh, and investing into the future. because
1: what, uh, what type of examples could you give me on that in terms of industry spectrums?
2: Uh, I was so the, these are recruiters that are that, that have a group uh, and that have already a range across tech and pharma and construction in different parts, mm. and they're, they're just open to plugging in people from any space outside of their existing space. Do you see what I mean? So it's not like they've said to me, they've not given me a mandate and said, find me a legal recruiter or find me this or find me that. What they're saying is, if any of your good world one recruitment agencies are, are struggling and they're worried about their future, then talk to us. And they're open to pretty much any area as yeah. plugins to their existing, um, their existing portfolio. The point I'm making about that is this there are people out there who are looking beyond coronavirus already. Yeah. they're confident, they run well, they'll do well, uh, and they'll, be on, they'll, they'll survive on the, on the other side. Um, I've got to give this quote to uh, I've, got, I've got to give a, a, a testimonial to I think it's David Stone, MRL group who uh, I think I'm going to own 10p for saying this because he said he wants 10p every time I say it. Um, but I heard him say on LinkedIn the other day, uh, "The steel is forged in the fire. You know if your business can survive this, you'll be so well placed to really move on in the market and really do well in your market once you get out of the other side.
1: Mm. Well, he, he already navigated the GFC. He's been in business a long time. Yeah. Uh, I am interested to hear hear more from from guys like that. Um, fair weather recruiters like myself. who <laughs> <laughs> Well, fair, fair weather,
2: you say, while sitting in California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the, uh, I'm a, I'm I'm of the millennial recruiter generation, even though I've got a couple of years on that because I got into the industry a bit later. But it's a uh, this is the first time we've struggled for mandates ever, okay. and I had a bit of this when we went. Things started when I started in Oz. By the time I finished in Oz, things started slowing down. But I moved to Canada, and then. I got caught in that downturn there, and I really experienced it, but it was a downturn. It wasn't, this is a, turned off. So what, uh, what sectors do you think we'll still be hiring? Are we, are we looking at food supplies, some, some type of me- mechanical engineering stuff towards the medical industry?
2: What yeah, I think, I think... I think some 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 parts of pharma are still going to be hiring because again a lot of those businesses they're such long term projects that they're working on um, that it goes beyond this um, construction. Yeah, I suspect so maintenance and you know real uh, core stuff. Um, there's going to be there, there's going to be an impact though on construction in that sort of um, you know the, the commercial property building, residential property building, that sort of stuff where investors might be getting a bit uh, nervous and turning off the taps. Which in turn might have an impact on those shorter-term projects. Mm. Um, so I think that could they, they could have some issues there. Um, healthcare is going to be doing really well. Um, you know, they're, they're still going to be hiring. Food supply still going to be hiring. Um, I think there's still going to be a lot of pretty buoyant markets out there. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: you know, it's just a question of whether you're in those spaces and whether you're agile enough to be able to adapt to get into those spaces. If it, if it's on your periphery, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty agile. I'm gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have to pivot to something. It'll likely be tech and and uh, and executive sales. Uh, so I'm just I'm kind of working on that at the moment. But mm. it's just about securing enough cash flow between now and then to make sure everything is uh, is up and running and to come out on the other side of this with with our trousers still up. is, yeah. uh, is key. Can I ask you about the the news came out from the government. Uh, about some of the schemes that are going to be out there to help employers. Um, Have you looked into the legal ramifications of who is eligible and who is not?
2: Um, I haven't looked into much of it because one one of the challenges with this, no, sorry, it's unfair on them to say with this government, with governments right now is they're having to respond so quickly Mm. that there are some announcements being made on the basis of, here's what we're doing. Give us a week, and we'll come up with some details. Yeah. You know, so so it's it's early stages on a lot of it. Um, so it's quite difficult to say what applies, what doesn't apply. There's a lot of conversation within the accountancy and the legal world at the moment around what a furloughed worker is.
1: Right, Just yeah. Pretty, not
2: not not a not a term that most of us recognised as a term previously. Yeah. Uh, so now there's lots of there's lots of hand wringing around. Well, hang on a second. What is a furloughed worker? What does it mean? Uh, broadly speaking i'm taking it to mean someone that you would have made redundant if it wasn't for this lifeline yeah that's broadly speaking how i'm approaching it
1: mm. and what about if you're a director of your own company do you think that you will fall in under self employed or could you essentially sack yourself
2: yeah well i think i think it's academic really isn't it because if you if you're self employed you've not been given a lifeline yet there's talk of that changing, uh, so let's let's hear what uh, Boris has to say for himself in probably in about half an hour or so. Yeah. Uh, he, he'll be up at the up at the lectern again. Um, but currently, there's nothing. But then previously, you know, they they made a pronouncement in relation to pubs and restaurants. Pubs and restaurants went Right well, in a second. You've just protected all the insurers out there by not telling us to close, um, and then they turned around and changed that. And said, right, you have to close. So. so but they've they reacted to that. Again, it's about these our responses, right? Yeah. So the last pronouncement was effectively left the self-employed out. Yeah. But I don't think that was a positive decision. I don't think they said they were, let's not look after the self-employed. Excuse me. <coughs> um, I suspect they just didn't think of that. Right? I can pass that
1: through the internet, can I? <laughs> yeah.
2: I think you should be all right. I think you should be all right. Um, and so so I, think, I, I think they didn't think of self-employed. Distinctions, and this is where pronouncements, then details coming afterwards means there has to be changes to approach. I suspect they, they didn't consider the legal ramifications of the difference between an employee or a worker and a, and a self employed person. So they probably intended to cover everybody, but then just the wording didn't cover it. So I suspect the next announcement will cover that. Yeah. If you think about it, in practice, we just want
1: drip, drip feed good news as well, right? To some degree, to some
2: degree, but but I suspect also you know practical terms. If you think about it, you know most directors that you know SME directors who own their own company, they're paying themselves relatively low salaries, and the restaurant dividends anyway.
0: Uh,
2: So you know, covering eighty percent of your salary wouldn't actually be you know all that much money.
1: No, it's (laughs) eighty percent twelve grand effectively for most people. But like if you're if you're a small business owner and you and your wife are directors of that business. It pays the mortgage, you know like yeah. or it keeps it, it helps to keep uh for us one of our people you know it's so it's uh every every little count while you're waiting to get bills paid like it's uh the, for for me looking at the landscape it's it, all the deals that we've done that can't be pushed from June on to September because of redundancy that's gone mm-hmm. so Every day it feels like oh there's another there's another pile of cash that's gone, and then it's who did we do deals with in the last while that are are not not responding? So then you're like where where does the where does the cash come from? Hey, it's um, mm. it's
2: well this is one of my this is one of my not concerns, but I think one of the slightly short-sighted parts of the this VAT provision. You know the possibility of pushing your VAT liability back effectively. Mm. Um, a lot of the time, the VAT, the issue is for the person paying the invoice. Yeah? So let, let's say you're a recruiter into healthcare, for example, where they're not VAT-registered businesses. But they're, the recruiter is but not the end client, right? So they're, they're having to pay out the VAT, which is then going to the supplier. So let's say the recruiter in our example. Yeah. The recruiter is then saying, right, well, I can take a VAT holiday. Yeah, and because they're taking or well, VAT all they or pushing back their VAT payments, they're effectively sitting on that additional cash. Mm. But, and that additional cash would actually benefit the healthcare organisation more. You know, the care home, the domiciliary care, but whatever it is, you know, um, they would benefit more from not paying it. So it might all, it might even have been a better idea to say actually, don't, don't charge the VAT at the moment.
1: Yeah,
2: you know, pay, get, get your, get your clients to pay net. And then go and get, and then we'll we'll deal with the VAT later. Yeah. Massive, it causes massive management problems, obviously, because the HMRC can only know about a VAT when it's on the return. Yeah. They don't know what your invoices are. This cost now it's something else.
1: Where do you stand <laughs> on all the redundancies last week? Are you in the camp of okay, swift and decisive action is good because the death by a thousand cuts that happened in, to people in the, re, the last recession is the is the way to go. Um, do you feel like it was a bit knee-jerk? Where where, where do you stand on all that?
2: I think it's difficult to sort of make a general assumption. There are so many different agencies out there running on so many different bases in so many different markets with their own different financial positions. Mm. I don't think it would be fair to make a broad assessment of all of their positions in one go. I've, I've often thought that decisive action is actually the best approach. You know, I've, thankfully, I've never been in a position where I've had to make any redundancies or consider any redundancies within our business. Uh, but I like to think that if that were ever the case, I would make a decision based on right. This is where we are today. This is where we need to get to. You know, if if unfortunately we need to make some cuts, we make them, but we make sure everybody knows from the outset this is it. It's a one. It's a one set of cuts situation. And if and if you make and if you make it past that, then you're good. We've done it on the basis of a considered approach for the future, so I can see real merit in why some people made those decisions I mean, actually, look, we know where we are. We, we know the difficulties we've got if we cut that amount of fat, then we can survive with the rest. We can survive through to the other end of the market. Nobody was to know that two days later, you know, the government would turn around and go, don't worry, we'll cover 80% of your salaries. Yeah, no, no, Nobody could foresee that coming. But it's a bloody awkward conversation now, isn't it? Because they're saying, they're saying it can count people that you've made redundant as well. But, you know, uh, what's this letter about? Oh, this letter is to put you at risk of not being redundant anymore. Would you like to come back uh, and sit at home and get, yeah. You know, that's, a, that's an awkward conversation for anybody.
1: Yeah. I think also getting caught in this, it'll, any of those people who were on the fence, whether they wanted to do this as a long-term career, will probably just go, do you know what? Sales isn't for me because yeah. you have to accept that there's the upswings and downswings and you know, some of these people who people assume are rich, who are running agencies, they're really not. they have they've, they've invested it back in, they've they've got they've got a bit of funding, they've grown, they've grown, they've grown, they've, grown. they've taken out a bit of money, not a lot. It, it people aren't as wealthy as as other people assume.
2: Do I do I do I do I get to go back into my default uh, preaching around the difference between preparing for an exit, big boatload of cash, and actually earning money as you go along?
1: Let's go, let's go, let's talk about okay. that I'm all about we that. We were that talking aware. about this. Yeah, yeah. we were, you and
2: you, me, uh, Mark, and were talking about this in the pub. Uh, oh, what is it? Eight months ago, nine months ago, maybe even a year ago. Yeah, when it was boom time. Yeah, well, you know, when we were allowed to be in a pub for starters. <laughs> uh, so I remember we were talking about this, and the fact that my view is that too much of our market, too much of the recruitment space is focused on that end goal. Yeah. You know, exit and exit well, buy yourself a yacht, <coughs> boat drinks type you yeah. know, exits, 10, 20, 30 million pounds plus exits. You know, it's a bit like professional footballers, right? How many people play football in this country? And then how many people earn money like David Beckham used to earn? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, what, 0.001%. Mm.
0: So,
2: so you need to be, I've always thought, you need to run your recruitment business on the basis that you can actually take good money as you go. Because also, if you're, if you're aiming for an exit, you need to be able to show a buyer, whether they're a PE investor or whether they're a trade buyer, that this is a business that was able to make you money as it went and you were able to take money out as you went. You know, because that's an attractive proposition, right? Yeah. You're saying the only reason this business has grown, and everyone loves that 25 30 35% growth year on year, you know, every year, yeah. if you're only doing that because you're not taking any money out of it, then it's a bit false, right? You need to actually be able to make some money out of it. Yeah. Sorry.
1: The other thing that Mark said to me, he said, when this dip comes, the people who have those unbelievable offices in Manhattan—it's not sustainable. So that's that's a real worry. Like, and and I think maybe you know I'm a big proponent of being able to do this remotely, and I I believe that the market will swing much more towards remote after this, and people will always steer back to. But people weren't happy. To work at home during the crisis or during the the virus, well, that's not a fair comparison, you know. No. I, I I suspect when the good times come back, companies are going to have smaller offices in the comer- in in key locations, and then they might have a bigger distributed team to prepare for this type of thing ever happening oh. again. It it, it it only stands like this is probably just fast forwarded the remote working. L- revolution that was coming. Yeah, but I, I don't even think...
2: I think if we remove the the virus and crisis and all that side of it, and people will see the benefits of that working environment and that working approach, you know, the remote working approach, I think, I think the focus won't be, okay, when the virus goes and it will go, or we'll get a vaccine or we'll get whatever, right? But when we get out to the other side of that, yeah, uh, that issue will have gone. But I think people will then be able to reflect and say, actually, do you know what? Working remotely was really good for these reasons. And this and worked we really well and that worked really well. Yeah. Like, and like actually Hayes, I like that. I don't want to go back.
1: Hayes didn't even have their their Citrix solution to be able to uh, have people work remotely. Like they were yeah. so they just got it up from what I'm hearing last week. Yeah, uh, yeah at the end of last week. So to think that they hadn't even prepared, that this wasn't even on their horizon, it just blows my mind. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, so any, any sort of contingency, right? Any sort of ability to do... I suppose their 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 estate is, you know, office estate is is broad enough. that If they had a fire in a building, it wouldn't be a major problem. Yeah. Right? But this is the equivalent of all of their buildings burning down at the same time. And I suppose <laughs> you could see why you don't prepare for that because the odds yeah. are pretty low, right?
1: I know. Um, okay, let's finish on a lighter note. Um, yeah. <laughs> talk to Room me time. about what it's <laughs> like homeschooling. What does the Backdoor Barry family tag in, tag out situation with, uh, with the lovely uh, Trulula look like? Yes, <laughs> so uh,
2: Tallulah did the first shift today, and it's been called, uh, Huxley, my eldest is really into Harry Potter. Um, so it's the Cullen School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Uh, started off today, and bless Tallulah, she even put on my court gowns to make herself look like a wizard. So <laughs> uh, it was—it <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was quite a lot of. Fun. I, I'll be honest with you, I've not uh, apart from planning and helping set it up. Today was a work day for me, so I've not—I've not had cold face involvement of it. Yeah, um, but from what I've heard from the squeals of delight downstairs, uh, it, it seems to have gone pretty well. Uh, and do you know what, the schools around here have been brilliant. Uh, so we're down at we're down at home. Uh, and the school has been brilliant. Uh, There's been a lot of equipment and a lot of materials provided, and a lot of remote learning opportunities. Um, so everybody seems to really come together in that in that respect. Uh, the future's bright if that's schooling <laughs> for the future. Let's put it that way.
1: Your youngest is three or four. Three. She's still three. Okay.
2: Three go. Three going on for thirty.
1: How <laughs> How does she go being in being in a classroom situation with the big brother? What's that like?
2: I, she seems to have really loved it, but she thinks she's a teacher. She always has done. Yeah. Um, you know, this is this, this this is a child who, put, who at the age of eighteen months would scribble on a bit of paper and go, "Daddy, look, I've written my name." Yeah. Uh, and you were like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> yeah, she she seems to love it. Uh, the idea the idea of school a big brother.
1: My son is still chewing the book at 18. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's
2: maybe the boys versus girls thing, right?
0: Yeah,
1: the, 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 Doherty, uh, the Doherty Jeep. We're late bloomers, you know, I'm still waiting. <laughs> yeah, you've not, you've, not, you've not long
2: moved on from chewing the book yourself. Also, sorry. <laughs> Tell me,
1: now, we get out the other side, Barry. What are we going to do to celebrate? We're going to do a supplier's party. What are you going to do? What are you going to do to take a, a, a leading drinking
2: stand from. It's definitely going to involve a pub uh, <laughs> or quite a few pubs, I imagine. I yeah. imagine. We, you know, we're trying to have a bit of fun as we go along. Um, a bun- bunch of mates, uh, we play poker every month uh, and we've actually set up an online poker room. Uh, so we're, we're going to use teams and we're, we're all going to be on there having drinks, by, drinks at our own houses while playing poker online. There's still, there's, you know, let's, let's not focus all the fun on the afterwards. I think we still got to enjoy ourselves as we go along, right? Enjoy, enjoy the small this, victories this is as they happen. It can't all be doom and gloom.
1: And they mean you have to get over to our friend in Dublin. Um, and not, not with a baseball bat to get the people who have to pay me. <laughs> to meet the nice no. people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: With, with the wallet to buy some drinks.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're buying. All right, brother. I will let you go. I know you're busy. I know. I know how, how hectic it is. Um, thanks for the advice. Um, if anybody wants to find you, LinkedIn's the best place, right?
2: Yeah, Barry, Barry Cullen. I think there's even a hashtag, hashtag Backdoor Barry. I think you can find there. Just don't do any Google image searches.
1: <laughs> All
2: right. Talk soon. All right, pal. See you soon.
0: I've got to know Barry over the last few years quite well. Professionally and personally, him and Josh his number two. And I cannot recommend them enough. I have them with active cases right now. And he has got back, friends of mine, tens and tens of thousands of pounds. And this is first-hand experience. So if people aren't paying your bills, don't be going through that emotional turmoil don't be getting angry and thinking that you're going to do loads of things and slag them off and and all that remember you have to take care of your own brand your own business your own people and thinking about terrorizing your clients into paying you is the worst it's much better sending a bad motherfucker like barry cullen knocking on their door they will pay this is the way to do it You can find Barry on LinkedIn. He's everywhere. Hope you've enjoyed. If you did, please like and share it. Share it to other recruiters. We're all in this together. It's tough times, but we will be on the other side.